Tom Karchus says his 17-year-old son was crying from the pain in his ear. And the stuff the doctor had suggested, like Advil, was not helping. And it's all this time his ear is hurting more and more and more. And so it's just like, what do I do? It's like, I don't know what to do. So it's, it's, it's like 9 or 10 at night at this point. And um, I know I don't want to go to the emergency room um, if I can avoid it. And it turns out there is, no, there is no place you can take him other than the emergency room after 8 p.m. This is near Raleigh, North Carolina. And full disclosure, Tom is a backer of this show on Patreon. So we, so we go to the emergency room, and we sit around for just a short while, and then we go and we talk to the doctor. His son gets a throat culture for strep. That's negative. So it's an ear infection. They give him a dose of penicillin, a dose of prednisone, steroid to take down the inflammation that's causing the pain. Everything's great. The doctor's really nice, blah, blah, blah. And then we go home. And then a few weeks later, he gets the bill. More than 3300 bucks. I mean, I just was kind of sort of stunned that it was so, such a big number. And then, of course, I, I called them and I said, please send me some bill detail. And the bill detail had exactly the same information on it as the bill I'd gotten before. There was no more detail. There was a little bit of detail on the original bill. Two charges for drugs, that's the antibiotic and the prednisone, total, 20 bucks. And a charge for lab work, that's got to be the throat culture, 224 bucks. And then a charge for emergency room general, $3,100. And Tom knows that's not for the doctor's service because that came on another bill, a couple hundred, a lot less after insurance. So what is that $3,100? It doesn't tell you anything about what it is. or It's like, this is ridiculous that I'm paying this much for an expense, and there's zero explanation. Tom is not alone in finding a charge like this confusing. This is an arm and a leg, a show about the cost of healthcare. I'm Dan Weissman. Sarah Cliff has been reporting on healthcare for years, first at the Washington Post, now at Vox.com. She thought she knew as much as anybody about our healthcare system. And then she got an email from a reader. He'd been trimming his baby's fingernails and gone a little too deep. Suddenly there's blood. It's late at night. He goes to the ER and they give him a Band-Aid. And the bill is 629 bucks. And he can't figure out, like, why so much for a Band-Aid? He sends Sarah the bill. Stumps her, too. I did not understand this bill, but I decided to find out. <laughs> and what did you find out? So I found out that um, the Band-Aid itself was actually, um, I hate to say it's like, <laughs> was cheap. It was $7. Like, that's an insanely experience. You can buy a lot of Band-Aids at CVS for $7. But the Band-Aid only represented $7 of this charge. The rest? Who the heck knows? I mean, it's like so opaque. Like, if you look at this bill, there's yeah. just a bunch of charges. It doesn't say, it says reason code MG. Like, what does that mean? It says service code C1. Like, I... I, I write about healthcare for a living. I don't know what reason code MG and, and service code C1 are. Um, yeah, this is all totally news to me. Does that happen a lot? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, it's, like, a super confused – like, healthcare is so confusing. Like, I'm constantly running into things I don't understand. She did have someone to call, a researcher in California who's also an ER doc. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's the facility fee. That's obvious. Um, and then, like, I'm, like, back here Googling, like, what is an emergency room facility fee? <laughs> Turns out it's like a cover charge at a nightclub. Price of admission. So Sarah wrote a story about the Band-Aid thing and what she'd learned. Facility fees. They exist. And at the end of the story, she invited readers to chime in. Just a line. What did I say? 
Oh, it's just at the very end. Have you faced a medical bill like this? Tell us about it. Email your story to Sarah Cliff here. And that link goes directly to your inbox. Yes. And what happened? And I get like hundreds of emails of people being like, yeah, I have a story like this. One was a guy who cut his hand doing dishes, ended up with liquid stitches. And... Because the visit was late at night. It yeah. like started at like... When was it? It was like around 11 at night and it ended at 1 in the morning. So they billed for two days worth of services. Uh, Just a nice um, nice touch. Mm, <laughs> oh, man. And did this surprise you? Yeah, the two-day thing I thought was pretty bold. But she never got to the bottom of, what is the deal with these facility fees anyway? It was like such a mysterious charge to me and I wanted to know more about it. And I kind of had this like behind this guy idea. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we could just figure out what facility fees are by collecting, like, a ton of bills. That would be a big project. They'd have to build a database, a secure database to hold people's medical records, and a system for telling people how to send in their records. But if she got enough of them, she could start to answer some questions about the bigger picture. She wasn't sure it was going to work. I was like, who's going to send in their bills to, like, a stranger? Um, But it turns out a lot of people wanted to because they were really frustrated. By the time I meet Sarah, almost exactly a year after the project launched, she had more than a thousand ER bills from across the country. In a minute, we're going to hear about all the crazy stuff she learned and how she feels about it now. First, real quick. So what did Sarah Cliff learn from a thousand ER bills? First, a giant tab just for walking in the door. Not so unusual. Sarah has added up all the bills people sent her, and she got a total of $4 million, just in facilities fees. That is an average of $4,000 per ER visit, just for showing up. Turns out the guy with the $600 Band-Aid was getting off easy. She also got to see the huge variety of things that land people in the emergency room. There are so many weird things that happen to people, you know, um, people being hit by baseballs at, at like MLB games, um, people being attacked by raccoons. Speaking of animal attacks, she looks up the bills she's got involving rabies. And see, we actually have 13 bills of people who went into the emergency room um, and they're something in their Visit description mentions rabies. rabies. The cheapest facility fee was eight th- 830 The highest, 16000 Really? What? Yeah. Sarah says how much these fees vary from hospital to hospital is one of the things that really jumped out at her once she had a 1,000 bills to look at. Like, I knew there was variation, but I didn't understand, like, you are really rolling the dice depending on which hospital you go to. Like, two hospitals very close to each other could have wildly different fees. And you just have, like, no idea what you're getting into, and you have no way to figure it out in advance. Yeah, and then if the facility fee ends up being $16,000, what does that look like? Um, it was someone who was bitten by a cat. Um, yeah, so then she sends the bill, and I can look at it. Um, oh, wow. So, see, and this is why it's so confusing. So, literally, <laughs> there are... Six different charges on her bill. They are all just labeled emergency room. What? Oh, my God. And this is Um, the actual bill. Yeah, these are the bills that drive me crazy, that there's no specificity. There's a bunch of charges, and it just says emergency room for all of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, it turns out there's no standard. Any hospital can charge whatever they think they can get, I guess. And then once Sarah had a chance to look at a whole lot of bills for a while, 
she noticed something else. So first I learned facility fees exist. I'm like, okay, that's like kind of weird and interesting. And then as I start getting more bills, I realize, oh, it's actually more complicated than that. It's not one cover charge. There's five different levels of cover charges depending on how many services you use. So like, what? (laughs) So you are coded level one through five and your facility fee is higher if you're a level five. And the levels are like how complex your problem is. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, a five, well, so... A five are the most complex cases. Okay. And then a one, which I've literally never seen. Like, the ones don't seem... A one is, like, the easiest. But I start saying, like, some people are being coded at the highest level when their cases, like, to me, seem, like, relatively simple. So I'm, like, wondering, like, w- what's going on with these levels? To figure that out, she needed a bigger pile of data. And she found one. It's put together by a nonprofit group. And it turns out they have, like, millions of emergency room claims. So you can kind of ask this question that I had, like... Are the ones disappearing? Like, are the fives becoming more common? And the answer is yes. 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 The ones are disappearing. Yes. Fives are becoming more common. If you were inclined to be suspicious, you might think hospitals were milking this, just declaring a whole bunch of things to be fives. So back to Tom for a minute. His kid had that earache. He started reading Sarah's stuff. He figured out this mysterious $3,100 was a facility fee. And it was coded as a level four, the second highest, medically complex. He asked them, why is this a four? Like, what's a two? They say, a two is if we give you some over-the-counter drug, like an aspirin. And a three is one prescription medication. But you got two prescription meds, antibiotic and the steroid. Um, and so they're like, well, that's so because it's, it's, it's complex because we gave you two medications. Right. And well- you... What is what is it when you when you what is it when you walk in with your leg in a bag? I mean, what is that? That's that's, that's more than a four. You know, it's like right, right. <laughs> I ask Sarah Cliff, aren't these fees just BS to begin with? She's not sure. Hospitals make a case for these fees, and she appreciates the logic behind it. I'm torn. Like, I, I think I, I can see both sides of this one. Like on the one hand, like, yeah, like emergency rooms are a wonderful service that operate all across the country and you can go in there at any time and they're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they see every patient. Um, that's a really important part of our healthcare infrastructure. Um, so I get that. And I get that costs money. Yeah. Okay. But isn't that why the ER charges me $7 for a Band-Aid? Like every single thing that happens in the ER is already marked up. Isn't that kind of pricing supposed to be what covers the cost of running the joint? It's like you're charging me a big cover charge to get into a bar where there's no entertainment, just a really fancy selection. And it's the only bar in town that's open past 8 p.m. And then when I order a Budweiser, that's 20 bucks. And if I order a fancy drink, it's 100. So what's the cover charge for again? I put that question to Sarah and she starts agreeing with me. Yeah, right. And I think this is yeah a key point. You have the high facility fee and then you see like a ton of itemized charges for everything else that happened. Yeah. I don't get that. Me neither. Okay. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to the American healthcare system. Totally apart from these facility fees, there's this whole other problem with ER bills. Sometimes the doctors who work at the emergency room don't take your insurance, even if the hospital itself does. Yeah, so this is becoming more common and more common in a few places is that you have emergency rooms that are in network um, that 
if you go on your insurance website, it'll say, yes, you know, the emergency rex is in your network. But it turns out a lot of the surgeons, the radiologists, the anesthesiologists, that they are not actually in your network and they are going to bill you separately. And they do not have a negotiated rate with your insurance company. So they're just going to bill you like what they think is a good price. So out of network means, one, the price hasn't been negotiated with your insurance company. So it's whatever it is. Yes. Two, your insurance company may be like, yeah, we don't really reimburse. Mm-hmm. Uh Certainly we don't cover what, that guy. We don't cover that guy. And it's, you know, in emergency rooms, is especially, like, what, are you going to say no? Um, like, so this actually happened to me when I was in the emergency room for something, you know, basically I needed an ultrasound and this was the only place open to get an ultrasound. So they say, go to the emergency room. I go, I'm getting the ultrasound. There's a radiologist who's going to read my ultrasound. I don't know if this person is in network. I don't even ask if this person is in network because I'm like, well, this doctor says I need this ultrasound and like, who am I to protest? So I'm like, Cross my fingers and hope it's fine. Like, I know I should ask, but, like, I had, like, a really bad fever. You know, I have, like, a two-week-old baby. Like, uh, you know, if I was doing this as a reporter, I'd ask. But, like, I'm, like, a person then. And, you know, I'm not going to negotiate healthcare care prices. Well, what could you even do, right? I mean. Right, exactly. Like, I'm going to say, actually, you know, I'm going to go shop around for an in-network radiologist, like, with my 100-degree fever and my, like, small baby. No, I'm, like, totally stuck. Lucky for her, she was fine. No giant health crisis and no big surprises on her ER bill. If all this makes you kind of anxious, you're not alone. I personally am like much more nervous about going to the emergency room than I would have been a year ago. Like when I went to the emergency room, I was like, well, it's kind of a crapshoot and like we'll see what happens. I've read over a thousand of these bills. I have no skills that would help me avoid a surprise emergency room bill. Oh my god. Like, I want to be like, and then be like, and here's some smart tips to like... Yeah. I, I don't... I wish I had smart tips. <laughs> but there is a little bit of a bright side. Since Sarah's stories and others like them have gotten more and more play, she says some legislators have actually started to respond. So there's now two separate bills in Congress, both um, in the Senate that would end um, surprise emergency room bills. Um, okay, how's that going? Better than expected. I mean, okay. like, look, like nothing moves through Congress fast, but, you know, I think it's interesting that these bills are bipartisan. You know, it's different than the Affordable Care Act. Like, a lot of people are angry about surprise emergency room bills. So I, I'd say, like, if you're in D.C., like, the, the smart money is always on nothing happening. But it seems like a not crazy area for something to possibly happen. Meanwhile, Tom gave up trying to reason with the folks at his local hospital. And I, I, I see where this is going, and they can, they can, they can wait me out. Yeah. Because it's your job to wait me out. His insurance had approved the Level 4 facility fee, but it got him a discount, left him with $1,500 to pay. I called the hospital, asked him, doesn't Level 4 seem kind of high? And by the way, how much less would you charge for Level 2? They didn't really answer. And I called Tom's insurance company, asked them, why do you approve this at level four? The spokesman said he'd have to look at the clinical record, and I guess that wasn't something he was going to do. But for Tom, that's water under the bridge. I paid the bill. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in very okay. fortunate is that my wife and I are relatively frugal, yeah. and we have a pretty substantial savings account, yeah. and we own our house, so I could afford it. But this is crazy that they can, they can do this. Why is everything so bonkers? Everything about the cost of healthcare is enough to drive us all bonkers. 
So next time on An Arm and a Leg, we'll meet Barry Tesler. She makes her living, and she's a little bit famous, as a financial therapist. She says rising health insurance premiums may have made her a little nuts this year. Something in me snapped, and I said, that's it, or we need to explore other options here. She and her family have stitched together a kind of improvised substitute for health insurance for this year. It's not ideal. And yeah, it's not ideal. Next time on An Arm and a Leg, Barry's story, the deal she's pieced together, and what she's doing next. Also, what my family's doing for 2019, what some of you are doing. Meanwhile, here's a voice memo from John in Chicago, age 29, who just spent the morning trying to pick a health insurance plan for 2019. He says his priorities were finding a policy that could keep him out of bankruptcy if he gets run over by a car and covers his therapy bills. I couldn't find a plan that could do both of those things. Either I found ones with like really expensive premiums that didn't really affect the amount that I already spend on therapy without insurance. And when I looked for like hit by a car plans, the deductibles were so high. Even if I got this plan and did get hit by a car, I would still like have to pay so much money if I went to the hospital, like I would still be screwed. So I've been talking to the person who runs the office that my therapist works at. And basically her advice for me was to just not get health insurance. Uh, I'm not sure that she would (laughs) say it that way, but that's kind of what our conversation came down to. She was like, you're going to pay the same amount no matter what health insurance plan you get. And she was like, you know, if you get hit by a car, hospitals offer financial aid. And she told me the story about how she had gone to the hospital with her daughter and gotten financial aid to pay for some really expensive stuff and then wound up paying nothing at all. So yeah, my takeaway was basically just like, well, maybe I just don't get health insurance. And if I get hit by a car, ask for financial aid and cross my fingers because I might as well. I am so officially not offering advice about this. But please, please keep the stories coming. Stories at armandalegshow.com. More next week. Till then, take care of yourself. This episode was produced by me, Dan Weissman. Our editor is Whitney Henry Lester. Our consulting producer is Daisy Rosario. Our music is by Dave Weiner. Adam Raimunda is our audio wizard. Big thanks this week to Sarah Cliff. We'll have links to Sarah's amazing stories about ER bills at armandalegshow.com and in our newsletter. That's also a place to see a few of the responses we're getting from you and other stories we think you might dig. It'll also be a great way for us to keep in touch after this season ends next week. You can sign up at armandalegshow.com slash newsletter. Finally, thank you to our new supporters on Patreon. Contribute $2 or more per month, you get a shout out right here. Big thanks this week to Tamar Frolicstein Appel, James Biddle, Jack Reed, Michael White, Jamie Green, Amy Alstrom, and Brian Chen, Ben Chandler, Allison Ackwright, Matthew Underwood, Jill Wool, and Jennifer Lewis. Thank you. To borrow a phrase from former Vice President Joe Biden, it's a big f- deal. <laughs>